What's up, Story Geeks? Thanks for joining us today on the Story Geeks podcast. I'm Jay Shear, author of the time travel novel Time Slingers. Today, we're digging deeper into Peter Jackson's The Lord of the Ring trilogy by going over the characters, some of the best characters probably, or most iconic characters ever written, at least. Uh, joining me today, uh, Story Geeks co-host Daryl Smith. Hey. How's it going, Daryl? It's going all right. Good. I'm excited to podcast. Yeah. One of the few things you can do safely these days. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes, exactly. We are actually all in quarantine. Yeah, podcast. we are. So we figured happening. why not record? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, actually, we're all healthy. But uh, Nick Duke is with me as well. Hey. How are you, Nick? I'm good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really good. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> I'm just trying to hold. He's in just my... trying to match your level of excitement. <laughs> yeah. Trying to hold in laughter too. Oh yeah. yeah 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 yeah. We have plenty of pre pre podcast conversations that are hilarious. Yeah. And for the first time ever on the Story Geeks podcast, our new co-host Natalie Guzman. How are you doing, Natalie? Yay. Good. Hi. Thank you. I'm oh, good. Round of applause. I think that's actually the first time we've ever had a round I'm of applause so for new hosts. We don't there have a go. button for it yet. So. Actually, I do have a button. I just never use it because it's so cheesy. But I will. I can. I can actually. Uh, Wait! Do don't have... just click it. Like you have to say something that's worthy of applause. Yeah. No, Natalie's here. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I never use those effects because they're so cheesy. <laughs> But they're there. Um, I love it. Yeah, awesome. yeah, it works. Uh, so we'll get to hear a little bit more about Natalie as she answers some of the questions and stuff. But we're really glad to have her join the team. It's always really exciting. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention really quick before we move forward with a couple more things is that last week's show, we had massive issues with the live recording. Uh, the software didn't tell me it was having massive issues. And so, therefore, we are doing backups now. <laughs> on uh on another recording system just in case so uh if anything happens today and you get cut off you keep getting kicked out of the show if you're here with us live um just write us a note and let us know but this this will post next tuesday um i am recording on a backup so it will post <laughs> no matter what this time <laughs> we just lost the last one so apologies to everybody who tried to listen to that one um, we're going to try to make up for it in some way, which means I also get to invite you to a special live show that I'm doing on Friday at noon Pacific Standard Time to go back over those questions. Um, Sandra and Justin can't be with me. Uh, we had a fantastic conversation, but I'm going to walk through those, give some of my answers that I was giving, try to bring in some of Sandra and Justin's perspective as well, and get your perspective so that we can interact all together on the same thing. So just know that that happened last time, and it was a bummer, and we are uh, moving on from it as best we can. But thank you for listening in. The Story Geeks podcast is produced by the Reclamation Society. Uh, we are recording live today, like I mentioned, which means that we'll be interacting with listeners after we finish the main portion of the show. So if you're listening and you're wondering, do you guys interact with us? The answer is yes, but we actually record. We're here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We do. We, we want to interact with you very much, but we do that after the show is over. Um, then we'll start interacting with you. So you can leave your comments in at any point in time, and I will go back through them uh, at the end of the show. Um, we'll do that for about 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, we'd love to interact with you, like I mentioned. And uh, if chosen, your questions and comments will make it onto the final recording. So that's really cool, too. Uh, comments and questions from VIP members of the Story Geeks Club will get priority. You can join the Story Geeks Club on Facebook for free. And if you want to learn more about becoming a VIP, visit thestorygeeks.com. We're going to go ahead and dig deeper into the characters in The Lord of the Rings. Now, I will not pick on Natalie first since this is her first mm -hmm. show. I will not start with Natalie. 
But I will pick on Nick because Nick entered the room and was like, I remember everything there is to remember about Lord yeah. of the Rings. How many times have you seen these movies, Nick? Oh, my gosh. I couldn't tell you. Um, definitely not as many times as I've seen Star Wars. But is it I, second? Second to Star Wars? Probably second. Because I because I read the books and then I saw the movies. Uh, and then after that, like, I, you know, it's just been a, a constant uh, morphine drip of Lord of the Rings over the course of my life. So. <laughs> Just constantly <laughs> going back. So uh, in this world of the Lord of the Rings, Middle Earth is full of compelling, interesting characters. Of all those characters, which one do you think is the most realistic? Which character out of all the characters that we see on screen feels like a living, breathing person and why? Yeah, probably the, the proud foot guy that scowls because he's like, I don't know, everybody's got that neighbor. <laughs> this is in the shire yeah. too right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um uh, but for real i think it's uh it's uh sam to me is one of the mm. most admirable uh arcs like he like frodo is kind of pulled into this conflict um quite literally mm. by gandalf pulls him through a window um and he's unsure of himself he's out of his element he's scared mm. um and but like, you know, Frodo always wanted some sort of adventure and he didn't really understand what he was getting into until it was too late. There's kind of a point where there's like really no turning back. You got to keep going. But Sam kind of got to see, you know, everything coming mm. from an outside of the ring bearer perspective. And like he never wanted adventure. He just he was fine <laughs> right. living in the Shire forever. He was just eavesdropping is his problem. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, you're called. He's this fine thing. being Frodo's gardener for yeah. however long he needs to. <laughs> That's, right. Um, That's right. I want that level of contentness in life one day. Yeah. Too. Just <laughs> exactly. Happy to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sam never wanted adventure and has to make he has to make the choice to be there for his friend mm. and to uh, help him on this impossible quest even though he's even though he's unsure of himself mm. he's scared he's out of his element it's it's kind of like beautiful and encouraging to watch you know um he him jump out of his literally like there's a, that scene in the movie where he's like if i take another step this is the farthest from home i've ever been mm. yeah but he takes the step yeah 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 you know and uh i just to me yeah that's one of the most like admirable arcs in the uh Mm. in the trilogy is Samwise Gamgee. So you know a lot of people that would that would just leave their day job and just go on a quest. That seems realistic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't that what you and I did? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> basically, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done that. We've done that in our careers. Uh, Daryl, I'll go to you next. Who, who's the most realistic here? And why are they realistic? Uh, I put two. I actually agree with Sam. I'm, mm -hmm. I'll talk about Sam a lot throughout uh, the course of this show. Okay. Um. But yeah, for all the same reasons. I also, I, what I like about Sam is that he he's there for the quest, but he's gonna let you know that he's not happy about it. <laughs> you know, he's, he's gonna complain. Yeah. He's gonna hate Gollum. He's gonna get pissed about everything, but he's never gonna leave. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I feel Loyalty. like that's realistic. Like mm -hmm. he's devoted, but he's not a perfect person. The other character that I'm very intrigued with in these movies who I'm going to sort of champion throughout this episode too, is Faramir. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, because um, the whole dynamic between him and Denethor and Boromir. So, you know, Boromir is his brother. Denethor is his father, for those who may not know that. Um, right, right, right. He, uh, 
it's kind of like you're a horrible father and look what it did to my brother. And I get to sort of sit back and see that happen and try and live life better than both of you. Yeah. I feel like that's very relatable mm. in the real world. Yeah. Um, not to me personally. I love my right. dad and I love my <laughs> right. brother. I'm not saying that, <laughs> yeah. but, but I can feel that pain. Like that's Psychology real today. With yes. <laughs> but that's like real relational pain. You know, like yeah. that's, that's something you see happen in the real world. It's like, I want a relationship with you, but you're twisted. Right. And you already ruined one kid and I'm not going to let it ruin me too. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I would say those two. Yeah. That's good. It's really good. Nellie, what do you think? Um, I didn't realize until you pointed out Faramir how much I relate to him. In that <laughs> because I have seen um, family members where I realize we are so different in our worldviews and they are a little more twisted in their perception of how they treat others that I have had to step away yeah. not wanting to be influenced by that so and I didn't realize that thanks to uh, psychology with Daryl <laughs> <laughs> I wrote two down um, and I don't know if I wrote this one because I see a lot of myself in her as well but um, I wrote down AON Mm. I just see her handle so many of these burdens with absolute grace, uh, but still is very vulnerable about it to mm. see uh, her cousin die, to see her mm. uncle go through um, being influenced by evil, mm. to seeing him rise back to the throne and to see him uh, die in battle. She's and to, kind of like the most faultless character in the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> in a way. And she's just so strong and, um, it, it almost the way I'm describing her almost makes her sound unreal, but I do know a lot of people in my life that I've seen go through so much where you could have sworn they should have snapped in half way back then. And <laughs> yeah. yet here they are still optimistic about the future. Yeah. And then on the other hand, um, I actually wrote Frodo down a little bit as very yeah. realistic <laughs> in um, how much his whole story arc just jaded him to the world around him, which is unfortunate but i see that a lot in people in my life when i see those influences similar to aon they react to those circumstances in a completely different way to where they become mm -hmm. just a little bit more bitter in their perspective mm -hmm. yeah those are those are really good I, I had frodo on my list too because i think frodo embodies a lot of what we face on a day-to-day -day basis right. which is a lot of like temptation and like just letting letting the world like be a burden to us mm -hmm. it's really hard to not let it be a burden to us um and I, so i think frodo is really realistic for sure and then to not let someone else help you carry those burdens also as like Absolutely. sam begs yeah. him begs yeah. him to help him let yeah. him help him and he just closets himself yeah. away more and more Share the load. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> i think there's a, there's a there's a certain amount of self-loathing that comes from knowing that you can't fully bear the burden and so you're kind of like, get away from me because I don't want to hurt you and I'm going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. And so you distance yourself right. instead of becoming intimate with people. And I think, yeah, that's that's a that's a good that's a good one for sure. I think the one I'm actually going to go with, though, is uh, Theoden. Okay. And I say that because like a lot of times in movies, we get leaders who I do not think portray leadership the way that leadership actually is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like a lot of times we see people that are like Gandalf, right? Where it's like... Uh -huh. I have all the confidence in the world that oh, I know yeah. exactly what to do next. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like, ah, that's not how leadership is. <laughs> like, or, or if you do encounter those kind of leaders, usually they're, they're the ones that fall the hardest because mm -hmm. they just don't see the other things that they should be considering. Um, 
And so I think we kind of glorify people who are like Gandalf. And the reality is it's much more common to be a Theoden, right? Yeah. It's much more common to have doubts about what you should do next. It's much more common to say, I don't want to take the risky way. Mm -hmm. I want to take the less risky way. I don't want to put myself out there. Um, and so Theoden to me is a very realistic portrayal of what being a leader looks like in the context yeah. of, of risky and dangerous situations where you're like, I don't want to put people in danger. I know you're telling me I need to, but I don't want to, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. Making mistakes too. And like yes. Exactly. Overcoming them. Yes. And like owning up to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or even sure. getting a little too bold. I remember in the Battle of Helm's Deep, that moment mm -hmm. where he's like, he's pretty much like that, come at me, what else yeah. you got? And then they <laughs> right, pretty right, right. much come at me, yeah. I should yeah. not have attempted yeah. bait. Yeah. Oh. He's like, ah! <laughs> yeah. I give up, I give up, I give up. And, and of course, he's the one that suffers from worm tongue, right? So you yeah. have yes. also that, that not only, so something happens in this interesting in leadership um, that is, there's a lot of isolation because people don't really understand. If you've ever led anything, you know this. Everybody thinks that you have the answers and that they have the answers. And that mm -hmm. a lot of times if you think you, you know the answers, well, you're not taking good care of them. And that tends to be isolating because you tend to be like, well, I, mm -hmm. I guess that you don't agree with me. So therefore we have to isolate or the leader isolates because um, there's just different set of consequences for them and things like that. So I think that the um, example set by Wormtongue is not only having bad advisors around you, which is one thing but also having a certain amount of doubt in yourself that will cause you to isolate and then start mm -hmm. to not lead people either. Cause he's not really a leader when he shows up on screen. He's like mm -hmm. a dude that just sits on a throne and he's like, a worm puppet. tongue. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's a puppet. A puppet. And he, yeah. And he also doesn't even want to contact Gondor yeah, for help. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's in a bad, bad place. Yeah. So, but I think that's, all very realistic to me in terms of how humans handle those situations. So the cool thing about this story is that there are so many characters that are realistic that yeah. we all have different ones yeah. and we can talk about it more because there's even more that, that show up in the in the scale. Um, we will move on though. Of all the elements that make Lord of the Rings compelling and meaningful, the characters stand out. So given that, I have two extremely personal questions. So these are very personal <laughs> questions, which we always do in the Story Geeks podcast. Um, uh, so Daryl, I'll start with you on this one. Oh, goody. Yeah, I, I thought that would be fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a two-part question. Which character do you wish that you were? We've talked about some of the characters and the things that we admire about them and the things we don't. Which character do you wish you were? And then also, which character do you actually think you're most comparable to? Hmm. Well, um, character that I wish I was, mm -hmm. probably Legolas. Oh. Because I feel like he is, he's Handsome. strong. He's yeah, yeah, very. He's among one of my first crushes when the film came out. <laughs> I can't really do that, but um, he's strong, but compassionate, and he's he's powerful, but he doesn't just jump into everything. He thinks about it, mm. and he always seems to be in control mm. and not phased by anything. And yeah, it just seems like a a nice, cool, easy way to be. Yeah. Um, it's not how I am, but <laughs> it seems like it would be nice. Um, who I think I actually probably am more comparable to. I put a few here. I'm taking cues from your book and not answering with one question. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. Putting one answer, <laughs> putting multiple answers. But for different reasons. So I put Faramir um, because specifically I feel like Faramir is one of the characters in these stories that he sort of steps back and looks at what's going on 
and thinks mm. before he acts. Yeah. Like people like Boromir and Legolas and Gimli, like they're very quick to just jump out there and act. But I feel like Faramir is in this position where he pays more attention to what's going on around him and he's a little bit more introspective. Mm. And I feel like I'm that way, mm. sometimes to a fault. Um, and then I think I'm like Sam in a way that I said in the first question to where if I'm not happy with what's going on, I'm going <laughs> to let you know. <laughs> you complain about it. <laughs> um, but I'd like to think that I... I care about people like Sam does, you know, like yeah. I'm loyal to my friends and I aspire to be that way, right. but I'm not always going to have the best attitude in the process. Right. right, right, right. Um, and then for similar reasons, I actually put Gimli cause he just grumps about everything. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the older I get, the grumpier I get. And I was pretty grumpy to begin with. So, <laughs> so it's, it's kind of a bummer. That's <laughs> but, funny. Uh, Yep. So you're an amalgamation of characters. I guess so. Yeah. I like it. Natalie, what do you think? So I also had Legolas down because I just wish I looked that cool all the time. Yeah. Just doing everything I do. Does he like, ever have like any sort of injury or does he ever get like no. dirt on his face? Like, like he's perfect. Like, he's yeah. eternally he's, perfect. Yeah. Um, he's light-footed. He just like yeah. sidesteps <laughs> Exactly. That's right. That's right. Um, but if I, you I, watch like, the movies, though, it seems like he has Benjamin Button disease because... Yeah. He, it, he looks older in the one that's supposed to be taking place sooner, and then he in the Hobbit, he yeah, looks yeah, younger. Yeah. He might have Benjamin. He might have Benjamin. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Um, there's something about like just the elves that I think I wish I could be to be that wise mm. and practically be perfect. So like along Legolas, Arwen, like she's mm. graceful. She yeah. is also very the way she grasps her destiny. Um, and how she wants it, despite like her elements mm. telling her to go follow a different destiny. Mm. She's, she's very wise. She's so wise. And I know that it helps to be several thousand years old. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wish I could be someone like Legolas or someone like Arwen. Um, in trying to figure out who I was most with, I was battling back and forth between uh, Frodo and Sam, actually. Mm. And I realized the more I wrote about each the more I definitely am Sam in like to my friends than I am Frodo. Mm. Uh, I related to Frodo a little bit more in seeing in as you live life and to Daryl's point, we become grumpier. <laughs> 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 um, I thought that was me. I thought that the world had made me jaded and then I realized it hadn't. And that's uh, where I went back mm. and I'm like, I am absolutely much more like Sam where no matter the circumstance, I'm somehow able to find the good mm. in the circumstance or like, even if I don't quite understand why it's happening, I understand there is a reason for it happening. And there's something about Sam that I just adore. And I find myself thinking, would I carry my best friend up a volcano <laughs> to fulfill the, help them fulfill their <laughs> destiny? And I probably would do something to sort of admit dragging them because I don't have that strength physically. <laughs> um, but I see myself definitely wanting to be Sam in the lives of my friends and the mm. lives of my loved ones mm. more than I would rather be Frodo in keeping the burden to myself and letting my circumstances just kind of put a veil over my perspective of the world. Interesting. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. Mm. All right. What do you think, Nick? Uh, I think it's funny because like we all put Legolas. We want to be Legolas. But we just uh, want to shoot arrows with precise accuracy. <laughs> yeah. Super long life, heightened senses, accurate with a bow. Downside is we'll be pretty prejudiced against dwarves. <laughs> yeah. True. So, yeah, good point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think like too, like with the 
like the elven culture is just so like you know they're so expressive through art and like mm. you know they're well read and everything they're uh very knowledgeable of the history of middle earth and everything it'd just be cool to have like access to all of that information mm. and like that kind of culture mm. would be really cool um but i don't know i guess i'm most like frodo because when everyone's arguing and like fighting over some decision i'm just like fine i'll do it <laughs> <laughs> and then later i realize i'm in too deep <laughs> and there's no going back. i should not have volunteered for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i made a huge mistake and i lost a finger that's funny um but yeah i just i i i feel like i'm in that situation a lot so maybe i should try to i should try to move myself away from being that part of frodo mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. and be more of a sam mm. um but yeah I like that. or i'm like the farmer maggot who's just like get off my lawn <laughs> <laughs> old man yells at cloud yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i you know i find so i actually have no desire to be like legolas at all so i'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm much different than you guys now maybe it's because i have a long beard and i would want to be able to grow a long beard yeah, so yeah. i would fit into a different category or something Can, do elves not grow facial now hair? i think about it yeah, yeah that, you I mean, don't really see a lot of elves with facial hair do you no. have long no. beautiful hair but... so, which i don't <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have zero hair actually you flipped it you flipped it from the top of your head to that's the correct bottom. <laughs> I, I let it slide down yeah. on my chin and i kept it there yeah um so actually the character i wish that i most was is probably uh gandalf i wish that mm -hmm. i was as confident mm -hmm. as gandalf is i wish that i had as much um uh what word do you want to use autonomy as Gandalf mm -hmm. does, like Gandalf is like uh, like autonomously powerful and mm -hmm. autonomously uh, able to influence circumstances. You can um, also like come and go anywhere, right? <laughs> and totally it's like, oh, it's the wizard. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna whisper to a butterfly and get a ride. Yeah, you know I, mean? like, <laughs> I wish I had that kind of power. Um, you can make fireworks I was everywhere. A, exactly. Yeah. Right. The best fireworks of all time, by the way. <laughs> Smoke so much weed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all that sounds great um but no i'm learning so much about nick i know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah uh but no i'm not i am not like gandalf i think actually i'm a combo of characters um well first you know what seems really hard to me about being gandalf what's that is his burden of knowledge yeah, yeah. like in every situation that happens throughout these movies he knows what's up he knows what's coming and he knows how big and how dangerous yeah, it really is scope. yeah but he's also the one that everybody's looking to for inspiration and encouragement. Totally. Mm -hmm. And that's gotta be really hard. Or even to do something. I'm sure yeah. it is, but it sounds like uh it sounds fascinating to me. Like, yeah, like it yeah. sounds like like uh <laughs> to he, have the confidence to be that inspiration. Yeah, exactly. And also he seems to have a very distinct connectedness to to build off what you're saying, Daryl, to deeper spiritual perspective. Because not only is he able to help other people out, like he's able to tell mm -hmm. them like you know it's not it's not about that it's about what you decide to do with the time is given i mean he's, yeah. he's able to give you wise counsel no matter where you're at right or he'll even tell you like i don't have anything wise to say now we just have to do this right mm -hmm. so i don't know it's just it's very compelling um that the level of self-assurance and self-esteem and maybe even like uh self-reliance like all of those things he seems like, like very confident has it has it all together mm -hmm. the character the two characters i think i'm actually more comparable to though uh, are Frodo for one because I, I I I have a very distinct 
feeling. I used to be, I used to be, so uh, I've said this a million times on the podcast, but I used to, I grew up in a very conservative environment, especially a conservative Christian environment. And that made me very self-righteous growing up, right? So it was like, oh yeah, well, look at these idiots. They don't know how what's going on, but here's what should be going on. Hmm. But in my, the older I got, the more I realized I was just a hypocrite. The more I, the older I got, the more I realized I was like, oh, you're, 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 you're criticizing this thing, but over here, you're making a decision that's technically worse than the decision that they're making. Right. And I think Frodo has that realization and he, he has that realization so, so badly that I think at some point in time, Frodo is actually aware that he will not be able to give up the ring. I think that there's mm-hmm. a mo- that before he's ever on that ledge. Yeah. I think he knows I can't give this thing up. I don't know mm-hmm. what's going to happen. I have to go there because I have to, he has to make try. people perceive that I'm going to do this and I have to try. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I know that I'm going to fail at it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I think, and I, and I, so I, I feel that with Frodo. I feel that that's what, that's what, that perspective guides almost everything else in my life because mm-hmm. I go, I need something bigger than myself. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, so, that, so, so I feel very, weak in the way that Frodo is weak. I feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also think that I fight an internal battle that Aragorn fights. Aragorn is the future king. He's the future. No, I'm not. Let's just clear that yeah. up right now. <laughs> I will not be running for president uh, in 2020 or 2024. <laughs> uh, but but there's, this, there's this sense that he has to, this is where it more relates to me. He has to go relate to society in a way that will build something together. Mm-hmm. Whereas Gandalf gets to do whatever he wants to by himself because he's self-reliant. He kind of has that ability. He mm-hmm. is not subject to what the king, king of kingdom of men is going to decide. But Aragorn is a ranger. He's like, yeah. I don't want part of that community. I want yeah. out of that community, mm-hmm. but he has to go back into that community. Mm-hmm. And I feel, I feel that a lot, a lot of times. I feel like I'd rather distance myself than, than have to, um, go into that space and change that space or go into that space. And I would rather be the contrarian, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd rather be the Gandalf going like, figure it out, but I'm going to go do what I'm going to do, you know? <laughs> so anyways, Frodo and Frodo and Aragorn are the two that I would say I relate to. That's cool. Um, one of the most fascinating aspects of Lord of the Rings characters, particularly when you look at the storytelling element of this, which we're all about here on this podcast, is that most of the characters change. They go through compelling character arcs. So, Natalie, you get to start out first this time. Awesome. Which character do you think has the best character arc and why? This is so hard when it comes to Lord of the Rings because yeah. every <laughs> awesome character ones, just yeah. so, has such There's an awesome growth. And main characters. Right. And so... I'm probably cheating a little bit by giving this answer, but I'm going to say just the four hobbits. Like the four mm. hobbits are very, chi- they're childlike in nature. Like that's just the nature mm. of the sh- life on the Shire. And mm. to see Frodo, Sam, Pippin, and Mary just each individually grow in the way they do and go through the art that they do. And at the very end, somehow still maintain that childlike nature, but acknowledge the bigger world that they have experienced mm. that they have viewed um, to have seen some of those awful things that they've seen mm. like death and like nobody in the Shire has ever seen anything like that. So right. to go back and to try to resettle and to have that love with one another still to uh, that brethren that they still have because they went through all of that together and in completely different ways as well. I just think that is astounding mm. and, uh, I just adore it. I adore every time I see all four of them individually go through their specific arcs. Yeah. 
yeah, it's, it's amazing how many characters have great arcs, but like all four of those characters have fantastic arcs. Exactly. That's that's mm. really good. That's really good. Daryl, what do you think? Um. Well, I mean, Sam, I'll throw Sam out there. Mm. I agree. Like the the Hobbits really do have good arcs. Um, for me, my favorite arc amongst the Hobbits, mm -hmm. and maybe one of my favorite ones in the whole movie, is actually Pippin. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah, and I think it's because, you know, when everything splinters and everybody breaks up, um, Mary and Pippin are separated, yeah. and Pippin is at Minas Tirith, and Mary is off with with uh, Theoden and everybody, mm -hmm. and getting ready to come in and, and fight the war. And Mary sort of has the benefit of being amongst all these warriors, right? And right. he's trying to rise his courage up to match them and get ready for a battle. Mm -hmm. But Pippin is stuck over in Minas Tirith watching like mm -hmm. the absolute creep that Denethor is and like watching the <laughs> yeah. depravity of man that right. is uh, exhibited in that guy and just seeing all of the ugliness mm. that sort of started all this stuff to begin with and why men are yeah. so splintered and why mm. they're not unified at all. Mm. And I feel like it really gets to him. Like you really see mm -hmm. him darken and especially when he sings the song Yeah, and it's I just I love how he rises above that. Mm. And I just think that's a great arc. And then I would go with Aragorn. My problem with Aragorn is once he finally accepts that he's the king, yeah, I kind of lose interest. Oh, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the tension of him knowing who he is right. and sort of inching towards it, but yeah. not really wanting it and kind of trying to hide from it at the same time. Right. But he can't deny the hero that he is. Right. I think that's really interesting. And the speech outside the Black Gate and everything is really cool. But once he f becomes full-blown king, I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, he got there. <laughs> he got there. Uh, we're good now. <laughs> so if I had to pick a favorite, I would probably, right now I'd probably go with Pippin. Okay. Okay. Cool. I have to ask though, is it satisfying to see Aragorn complete his arc that way? Yes. Or, okay. It's satisfying, but you know, it's kind of like, this is a stupid analogy, but it's kind of like the Ross and Rachel thing, right? Like, uh, like you knew it was coming. Yeah, it's like, but once and it finally is there, it's like, well, now yeah. the story's over. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's Got like, it. it's like now are we just gonna watch him be king? No, like this is the end of the story. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Nick, what do you think? Um, yeah, I would, I would go back to Sam as well, but um, I was actually uh, another character that Daryl was just ripping on, Aragorn. Um, <laughs> I don't do really Aragorn. I don't. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like I've from like one perspective, you can look at him and go, you know, once you learn, like you know, he's the. I think it's at the Council of Elrond. You you learn, oh, he's a Sealdor's yeah. heir. Um, you go like, oh, he's like you know, the rich kid that doesn't want anything to do with the family mm. business. Mm. Um, but when you delve into why that's the case, mm. um. Not that he's a rich kid, but uh, when you dive into like why he pushes back at that responsibility, you know, like he's like deathly afraid mm. of being taken by power. Yes. Yeah. And yes. yeah, and like taking the the responsibility of of being a leader of all men, yeah. you know, yeah, is like is scary when like you know the those who came before him failed so miserably and the one that's there is failing miserably yeah um so like most of his life is spent 
running from that and like he's comfortable out there in the wild. he'd rather be out there with like beasts you know yeah, yeah. than like with human beings yeah and um, if you look at all elves, the character groups too the men are really the only ones that are splintered that way mm -hmm. like the elves are pretty much all unified yeah and there's not many dwarves left but the you know it's like the hobbits together. are unified mm -hmm. and so the men are the only one that have sort of that internal bickering with each yeah. other mm -hmm. problem going on yeah and the men are on the front lines too right and like to not be unified is like you're obviously going to to die here yeah <laughs> um so but like aragorn's true character comes out when he you know just happens to run into the hobbits at uh at brie and when he sees that ring fly up and you know towards the ceiling and and fall back down yeah i i feel like that's where he he makes the decision it's like okay i can't mm. not that he makes a decision like okay i need to be king now but like i need to i can't he can't run away. away i can't run away from this anymore i need to get involved mm. um and so like when he takes his his place on the throne i think it's pretty cool even like before that he like even gets to uh, commit like persuade and command an army of the dead yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like and basically like they're the demons of his past yeah yeah like quite literally you know right, right. and like from from isildur's time and you know it in that scene and that sequence it kind of proves it's like i can do this and i you know am the one that probably should mm. do this mm. and i kind of like that he you know it doesn't it doesn't all come down to him going okay fine i'll be king he comes to believe that he's the right person to be king right right um, so i i don't know i just thought that was the the epic kind of final test is that he like persuades yeah. <laughs> dead people to fight yeah <laughs> you know that's yeah. amazing my two favorite moments of his are actually earlier um right at the end of fellowship Mm -hmm. when everybody's splintered sam and frodo have left boromir's dead and mary and pippin have been taken and he says we won't abandon mary and pippin to torment let's go hunt some orc yeah I'm like yeah so <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then also in this is a quieter moment but i love it in two towers when theoden is saying like i will not I won't submit submit I can't talk. <laughs> I won't subject my people to all out war. Mm -hmm. And then and Aragorn says, All out war is upon you, whether you would have it or not. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like he knows so much and he's been through so much at this point. And he's yeah. like, This is coming. It's like, Yeah, accept it. Right. You know? That's good. It's really good. Those are all those are all fantastic. I'm gonna give two that haven't not been mentioned yet, um, as far as character arcs go. And I think that they're really kind of fascinating character arcs and they're they're a little bit more minor characters. So the first one is Elrond. Mm. Because Elrond has basically, at the beginning of the film, he has basically decided that Middle-earth is no longer worthy of the elves' presence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, this battle, we've fought it for so long, and we're out. Like, Great havens, baby. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Going to we, my beach house. We are going to party. <laughs> it was awkward when he said that. Though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so uh, I think that his, his journey is really, because again, this is somebody who has perspective that most people in Middle-earth do not have and has been on this journey for a really long time. And to a certain extent is saying, I'm just giving up on this. I'm not mm -hmm. doing this anymore. We're just not, we're not, this isn't, this isn't right. 
and yet commits uh, commits elves to the cause, and yet sticks around and and yeah. e and even fights with his daughter about whether <laughs> Aragorn's the right person and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But in the end, he does come to understand that as the world transitions past what he and his people are called to, he still has a role in helping that transition happen. Yeah. Um, and, and, and even when he sees the hobbits, he's like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> We've gotten to this level. Like we're yeah. letting hobbits carry the rings, you know? And um and yet he and yet he he helps build the fellowship around that. So mm -hmm. I find his character journey really really interesting yeah. because he basically is the kind of person who has an extreme bias or prejudice about what's gonna what should occur, and yet fights against himself the entire time to say, "But I think I'm actually wrong. I want this mm -hmm. other thing, but I'm I'm and I'm gonna get there." But there's a little bit more I have to do. I can't yeah. just give up, you know. I think a lot of that has to do with Arwen too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because he can't just abandon his daughter. Like, Correct. He loves yeah. his daughter, so he's not just going to toss her aside. Yeah. And she cares for Aragorn. She cares for the rest of the world, and like he doesn't. Mm -hmm. And I feel like she sort of inspires that in him. Yep. Mm -hmm. Which, in a way, sort of makes Arwen like one of the most important characters who has very little screen time throughout the <laughs> yeah, entire <sure>. trilogy. <laughs> Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because it actually brings up something that I think is occurring in in our modern historical framework. And that is that I think that we see a generation of baby boomers who are basically going, yeah, the next generation is going to get this. And by the way, I, I think when they say that, and I will not go into my giant theory about why this is, <laughs> but a lot of times they're referring to millennials. They're not referring to Gen X. They're referring to, so who, who are we giving this, this world over to? They see millennials and they go, I do not understand that situation. <laughs> like, what's going on there? But for the ones that have somebody who's able to influence them and go, no, 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 the world's different than the way you saw it yesterday. Mm -hmm. So just listen for a minute. Yeah. And not just not just retreat back and go, my way is the best way and this is the way that it's going to end. But rather listen to that influential person who's in that framework and go, yeah, this does need to change before I just leave it. I can't just leave it because that'll that'll cause other problems, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a good that's a good catch. Um, that that kind of like Arwen being so key to his journey. The other person I was going to say that we have not even mentioned yet, um, but I find fascinating from a character perspective is Gollum. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, Gollum's character journey is so tragic. Um, if you've ever known anybody that has gone through addiction to the degree that he's addicted, it feels very much like Tolkien knew somebody, um, <laughs> because it's, it just feels so real. Um, and not only that, but we see the internal struggle that Gollum has. He goes from being a, a hobbit who's very happy, very happy, very content, just fishing. Okay, but so have you have you all read the books? Yes. I haven't read the books. I have yes. not. I have, but it's been a long time. Okay, so maybe Nick, this question mm -hmm. is mostly for you. But <clears throat> how much do you learn about Smeagol in the books? And is something wrong or off about Smeagol before he finds the ring? Because uh, no. Andy Circus's version of Smeagol certainly seems like he's already <laughs> a little bit screwed up well, before the, the ring comes he's along. He's got those eyes. Yeah. Um, I mean, you learn you learn where he came from, and it's it's a little bit of as explained in the Fellowship movie when uh, they're in Moria and yeah. Gandalf is telling you know the the backstory of him. In the book, it's similar. Yeah. Um, but 
Yeah, but he's not. He's not necessarily. So yes, okay, I'll, I'll acknowledge that he's not like he. But he. But he is somewhat normal for a hobbit. He's not like he's like sure. Yeah, and I'm not trying to like belittle the journey that he goes on. Right, right. I right. just in the movies. Yeah, the character of Smeagol is certainly very different from all the other hobbits, even before the ring comes into the picture. Yeah. Well. It's hard to say. There's not that well, much also, going on. Also, technically, he's not a hobbit. He's he not a halfling. Oh, that's true. That's yeah. a good point. Oh. Good so clarification. <laughs> so that's possibly a flaw that draws him to. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my point though, let me just continue on his journey. Why it's so fascinating to me, because he finds this thing that he he grasps grasps onto and literally kills his best friend because of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, and there's not a lot of time elapsed between him becoming addicted to the thing and him killing his friend. Um, because they both desire this thing so much that it's like, now we're going to fight over it. Mm -hmm. But what I find fascinating about it is that they don't give up on him, the, meaning that Tolkien doesn't give up on him. He still fights an internal battle as an addict of, no, we want to be nice to these hobbits. These hobbits are going to help us. No, we're going to kill these hobbits. These hobbits are terrible. They, they hate us. They don't like us. We, we need the precious, right? And that, and that character journey that he's on that ultimately is the way that Daryl and I learned the term from the last podcast we did with Andrew Peterson, you catastrophe, the orchestration of events by none of the characters that we see on screen, but rather the, the overarching um, pattern that the, the either the unknown God or, or the unseen God or the, uh, the universe at large, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. although I don't think Andrew Peterson would agree with that statement. And I'm not saying I do. I'm just saying that you could interpret it that way. Um, the, the It works it all out. This is what's supposed to happen. Good is supposed to win. Good is supposed to conquer eventually, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I think that the that Gollum's role in that is a person who has succumbed to addiction that keeps fighting back against that, but it's ultimately never going, It's never. he's never going to recover from that. And that's used for mm -hmm. good, even in the end, mm -hmm. um, which I think is really, really, really fascinating. So I'll put those two out there. Um, so now let's get into a little bit more about Frodo. Because this is, I mean, Frodo is the lead of lead characters. Of a lot of lead characters, Frodo is the <laughs> lead. Um, why do you think Frodo is chosen, Nick, to be the ring bearer? What's the difference between Frodo? What about him makes him a superior ring bear bearer? And is there anyone else? So I, I want to ask the Frodo question. But then I want to ask, yeah. is there anyone else that you feel could have done what Frodo did? Yeah. Um, I would say the reason why Frodo's chosen to be the ring bearer is because he doesn't want power. Mm. Um, so that's why he's able to withstand the temptation to use the ring to its full potential. Yeah. Um, like all it's really able... Eight, to get him to do is wear it for short periods of time. Mm. And even then he know he realizes I have to take this off. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. And he eventually does. Um, but like, yeah, that uh, it's almost like it's like the ring is trying to find, like attempt him in some way, you know, it's mm. like, to, like, you know, you use me, like you can, you know, use me to get out of danger. But like, even to Frodo, like when he's in danger, it's just like, he wants to run away. It's not like I'm going to use the power of the ring right. to destroy my enemies. It's just like, I just want to get away. Right. And the ring's like, dang it. Um, <laughs> it sucks being a ring. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so that's really, I feel like the main reason for Frodo, it's like he, he doesn't want power. 
Mm. Um, so therefore he's the perfect person to take it to, uh, to Mount doom. But like, you know, I kind of agree with what you said. I don't, I don't think he thinks he's going to be able to do it, yeah. but he's, he's going to try because he knows it's, it's the, the right thing to do, but it's ultimately going to come down to spoiler, uh, you yeah. know, Gollum doing it. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but if anybody else could do it, I'm kind of on the fence about this, but I think Aragorn could possibly do it. Oh, really? But here's why. Okay. Uh, he also didn't want power. Mm. Mm-hmm. And he even overcomes the temptation to take the, the ring from Frodo when it's offered to him freely. Mm. So when Frodo, like, like after he has that altercation with Boromir, mm-hmm. Um, you know, he holds it out to Aragorn and he said, would you like, would you do the same? And Aragorn walks over to him and closes his hand and mm-hmm. says, you know, it's like, I swore I'd protect you. Mm-hmm. Um, so not saying like the, he would for sure be able to do exactly what Frodo did or get as far as Frodo did, but might've been able to do it faster <laughs> being true. a ranger. That's true. It's a little taller. Yeah. Though. yeah. Um, but you know, I, that's the thing I don't know is like with the ring, like how much of a hold does, is it just like too much for man to handle? Right. And so it has to be a non-human that takes it, but it seems to have the same temptation on like dwarves and elves and stuff. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Natalie, what do you think? Is Frodo, why, why do you think Frodo was chosen? What's different about him that makes him better than the others? And is there anybody else that you think could have done it? I I have a hard time trying to think of somebody else who could have done it if Galadriel was almost tempted. Like <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. above all everyone else, it's hard to think of anyone else that could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to agree Aragorn is probably the next closest best mm-hmm. and not being able to be tempted. I love all the points that you brought up, Nick. And like just the ring is better in the hands of somebody who never desired power of any mm-hmm. kind. And uh, that's probably why it fell to Frodo and he is just the epitome of the underdog, uh, the mm. epitome of mm. a person that is just kind of like, why me? <laughs> like, why me? <laughs> yeah. of all, why do I have to do this? Why did this? Why did this follow me? Why did it follow my neighbor's yard? Why couldn't uh, mm-hmm. this have been a neighbor's uncle that passed down this ring and it would have been their problem and not mine? Um, but he embodies the the spirit of just like the most unexpected people can sometimes surprise mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. and they can be stronger than they ever thought they could have been um, or other people could have thought it just like to your point, J. Elrond, mm. like we it's come down to hobbits. Like that's <laughs> yeah, what right. Middle Earth is relying on. Um, and even he almost doesn't do he doesn't do it he doesn't accomplish his task and yet mm. that still makes him successful in such a weird way mm. yeah. to still go back to God. he still, still made it made to the it. top of the mountain though. he still did still yeah and yeah. that should have been impossible yeah. and there were several instances where that was going to be impossible um so it just comes down to showing just like the smallest guy mm. can come mm. out bigger mm. than even the, the all-seeing Sauron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was Arwen ever tempted by the ring? I don't remember. I I don't think she... Don't think she ever encounters it, really. It feels like the only elf that is, is Galadriel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Elrond certainly knows it's there, but Elrond is kind of like, you know, do what you're going to do, man, (laughs) because I'm going to Club Med, so (laughs) have fun. (laughs) And Galadriel barely passes the temptation test. Yeah. Like, barely. Yeah, Daryl, what do you think? Um, 
Yeah, I forgot about Galadriel. I was actually, mm-hmm. before that, I was sitting back thinking, it seems like any of the elves could do it. Like, none of them <laughs> seem bothered by it at all. Yeah, like, yeah. Legolas is just like, oh, there's the ring. You know? <laughs> That's him being the cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. He is. He's pretending <laughs> like he doesn't want it. Yeah, but he, but he wants, he wants it. it. <laughs> cool put that on. Throw his hair a little bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look good grow a beard. There grow we beard. go. <laughs> I had the ring, I could grow a beard, Ben. <laughs> Um, I feel like, so this is just me reading into this a little bit, which I love to do, but I feel like there's something to be said for perspective when mm-hmm. it comes for those who come in contact with the ring. Cause yeah, Frodo doesn't desire power. He just wants adventure, mm-hmm. but you, the same could be said about the other three, like Sam and Mary and Pippin mm-hmm. don't really desire power either. I think Frodo has the benefit of knowing even just subconsciously or intrinsically that the ring did something to Bilbo, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. So he has some version of a cautionary tale there. He doesn't understand it fully, but he knows that something in Bilbo changed Mm -hmm. and he knows that it's because he came into contact with this ring. Um, So I sort of feel like the perspective to see how power can corrupt, you know, more than the normal person might make you stronger with the ring. So from that perspective, I wonder if Faramir could have done it. Because mm. I feel like he sees that in men. He sees it in his father. He sees that overconfidence in Boromir and how his father loves that and not his calm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so if he or Aragorn too could have that perspective that would keep them from being too corrupted by the ring, I think they could have done it better than Frodo did. Mm. Because Frodo almost got there, but let's be honest, he made some pretty stupid tactical decisions in the process. <laughs> so, you know, pretty dumb decisions that I think somebody with some level of warrior experience or a ranger, you know, would have been able to sidestep and avoid some of that. Yeah, getting lost in the, the rocks. Yeah, and not, not get stuck in a situation where they had to use the ring, you know. Yeah. Because right. maybe if Frodo didn't use it so many times, it wouldn't have corrupted him so much. Mm-hmm. and. So, yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, that's kind of how I see it. It's really interesting because in the podcast that will never be heard, that, because we recorded it last <laughs> week, and like I said, it failed um, with, with Sandra and Justin. When you, when you start to dissect what Tolkien was trying to represent with the ring, it is the one ring to rule them all, which, by the way, does not just mean the men. It probably means the elves mm-hmm. and the dwarves as well. And the idea that I kind of get as what the ring represents, it is the representation of human beings wanting to be their own deities. Mm -hmm. Why is power desired? Power is desired so we can live our most comfortable lives being in control of everything that happens around us. I want what I want, and therefore I'm going to put on this ring and get what I want, right? Um, and so, so you can you could argue that the ring then is representative of not only the individual's desire to grasp hold of power to make to make the world in their own image, so to speak, but also for those who are don't have possession of it, it is sort of the embodiment of the darkness that exists in the world. So it has it takes on multiple sides of what you would call like sin, right, or mm. or, or evil, right. Um, the human, the, the human ability to do evil, but also the fact that evil just exists and evil happens in the world. And so I think that Frodo 
is best suited to carry it because of his innocence. He mm-hmm. doesn't. And, and if you ask, if you, if you compare him to the other hobbits, the one difference that he has is Sam, if he had the ring, I feel like would almost definitely go hide with it. Mm-hmm. He would not carry it to Mount Doom. He would go, why do that? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm just going to go hide with it. Um, I think Mary and Pippin would abuse the power for sure because we see them <laughs> yeah. the whole time. They're yes. like, "When can we get food? When can we get like, yeah. like, man, let's uh, could use some <laughs> ale." You know, like, like yeah. they're always looking for something to satiate mm-hmm. their current discomfort. Yeah, um, Frodo is kind of the one that just is. I'm ready for an adventure. I'm ready. Do with me what you will. Mm-hmm. But you'll notice that even he can't do it. So my answer to the <laughs> second question is: I don't feel like anyone else could do it. Because I don't feel like, I feel like what Tolkien is basically saying is that the smartest characters understand that power is not theirs to take in that in that regard. So Aragorn, you can be king, but you can't have all the power in the world because you would abuse that power. Right. Gandalf, you had to say no because you would be the most powerful wizard in the history of wizards and we don't need that to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like what's happening is basically Tolkien is saying, and this is where the you catastrophe part of it comes in that Tolkien is basically saying it is impossible for any of the characters in this story to throw that ring into that fire. You need something beyond yourself. And all of these characters need something beyond them to get that ring in that fire, but you won't be able to do it. No matter how innocent you are, by the way, the most clean character in the entire thing, give it to him and he still will not be able to do it. And I think that that's the beauty of, of that's the beauty of the characterization of all these characters is that Frodo is the best of us. And I, you know, I, I'm, I'm attributing this to us now, but Frodo being the best of us cannot do this. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that's yeah. really fascinating. So, and it's the conflict over obtaining that power that ultimately destroys that power. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, all right. So I will, who's, who's went first last time? Who wants to go first this time? Anybody want to switch it up? I think I went first last time. You're the boss. Okay, Daryl, yeah. I'm going to go to you. <laughs> I spoke too soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sticking with Frodo, part of Frodo's journey and character arc revolves around his relationship with Gollum. And so, and, and we see this very much that Sam hates Gollum, but Frodo tends to have this pity for Gollum. I'm just wondering why. So Daryl, why do you think that that's true? Um, and what are the important differences in the perspective of Frodo versus the pr- perspective of Sam? Well, I think it's similar to what you kind of said when we started about how you can relate to Frodo. Mm. Um, he knows that to completely reject Gollum would make him a hypocrite. Yeah. I think he understands Gollum's plight to a degree. Yeah. He's not as far gone as Gollum was, obviously. Right. But he understands the pull and the draw and the addiction of the ring. Mm. And Sam doesn't get it. Right. Sam's never worn it. And he's never felt that. And he doesn't understand it. All Sam cares about is protecting Frodo mm. and doing what Gandalf told him. You know, don't you leave him, Samwise. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So he's just going to reject anything that derails him from his mission. Yeah. But Frodo has a larger perspective. Mm. That's good. Nally, what do you think? I, I agree. All of that is pretty much on, on like, par with everything I was about to say. And yeah, I, Frodo understands the flaw that is life. He understands Mm -hmm. that like there's at the end of it all, Gollum is still this living, breathing creature Mm. that 
he sees as needing deserving some kind of respect. I think we see that a lot in society when we, I think you brought up a wonderful point and a lot of people may not understand having that loved one that is fallen to addiction that has fallen um, to such dark depths in their life. And our society oftentimes looks at these people and just says they did that to themselves. They don't Mm -hmm. deserve any of my attention. Frodo isn't like that. Mm -hmm. Frodo does see, and just like you said, Daryl understands yeah. his draw to that power and therefore pities him and mm. wants to, if there is any shred of hope and even drawing him back out of that, which Sam knows is impossible, but Frodo, right. like if there is even that level of hope, I'm going to try and help him. I'm going to try and save him. And then Sam also understands that that is just long gone. And, mm the only way he can support that is just by supporting his own friend Mm. by supporting Frodo in him supporting the respect and just the level of humanity he's able to give to Gollum out Mm. of anybody else left on the planet. Mm. That's really good. Nick. Yeah. Sam, Sam can see how, uh, the ring is manipulating Frodo Mm. where like when Frodo's not aware, Mm. um, because Frodo, Frodo comments all the time, like it feels like the ring's getting heavier, right, and things like that. But like, he, he's not aware in himself, like in how his you know mannerisms are changing, or you know when he refers to the ring as like mine, mm-hmm. you know, my it's it's mine, it's my own. Um, like Sam even says that he's like, don't don't you hear yourself? <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's he's more privy to how it's changing Frodo and he sees how Gollum and Frodo are slowly kind of like meeting each other mm. um, at a, like a common place. And, you know, he looks at Gollum and goes like, well, if that's what Frodo's going to mm-hmm. become, I, I don't want him to be anywhere near, you know, my best right. friend. Um, so Frodo, all what Frodo sees like you guys were saying is what the ring did to Gollum mm. and like he want you know he wants to bring him he wants to bring him back from that he he feels like he sees you know in those gigantic eyes like a, there's a soul back there yes. you know that wants to come out and you know it's it's a terrible pity i think even gandalf says like it's he, he's someone to be pitied yeah um, mm-hmm. i think when they're in moria yeah and he um, still has a role to play in this somehow, kind of mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah. Um, and the there's no there's no coming back. Like you know, we we see in the end, there's no coming back once you give yourself over to the ring. Mm. There's no coming back from it. Um, so like Sam is able to kind of to witness that manipulation from like yeah, Frodo knows what it's like to be tempted uh, in the you know, the same way that Gollum was and how it, how it drains your life. But Sam ha- having never felt that has a, the unique perspective of witnessing what it's doing. Yeah. So he's, you know, he can see also how Gollum is manipulating Frodo. So M- Frodo's being manipulated by the ring and Gollum. Mm. And so Sam's like on top of it. And he's like, I totally see what's going on here. And that's what makes it so sad when Frodo, you know, rejects him and says like go mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. and he's just like i he, you know i lost him i lost yeah. he's he's 
there's going to be two golems now. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. That's the fourth name of the fourth film, right? Yeah. Still coming out. The yeah. second yeah. golem. The second yeah. golem, yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes, Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers, Return of the King, and The Two Golems. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's good. That's really good. I, I don't have anything to add to those. I think that what you guys did was painted a really good picture about why the two exist. But I will share like a personal story that my wife and I were uh, talking about as we were driving along. And I think we need both perspectives of Frodo and Sam in the world mm -hmm. because we need people who understand what it's like to not be the full-blown addict that Gollum is, but be sympathetic to his plight. Mm -hmm. But we also need the people that are like, but you can't go there. Like we yeah. need the people that are like, you're not going there either. I'm I'm hanging on to you so this doesn't happen. In fact, I might even need to protect you from this other person at times. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's true. Um, but I was I think to understand Frodo's perspective is really important because I don't think that most of the population of the world is that far away from where Gollum is at. Meaning that if you think about it, like how many, how many steps are you away from the, the thing that you detest or the thing that you don't want to get to? Yeah. How for, many for Smeagol is one bad decision. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's just that, one bad decision. all taken into a, a whole life yeah you know and and like so so i think about that because i think it's about a like really bad decision <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was but when you think about like uh when you think about the context and just taking it away from the story for a second um because there's other characters that have very tragic things happen to them too like theoden like just listening to worm tongue right like it's mm -hmm. that one decision to let in that that self loathing mm -hmm. right that he doesn't even know that is going to happen when he lets worm tongue in but this sense that, you know, it. what if you lose your job one day? And what if when you lose your job, you lose a loved one? And that's two steps. But are you, are you two steps away from what exactly? Are you just one step away from certain things? And if you don't recognize that in yourself, I don't think you'll ever have compassion on anybody else who has. Um, now, that, now I, granted, now I, I am going to, I think that life is very nuanced. So there's sometimes when you're like, you're a good 10 steps away from a lot of these things, mm -hmm. you know, like sometimes, mm -hmm. but to assume you're 10 steps away when you're only three <laughs> is a very dangerous thing. Yeah. To assume. Yeah. And so I just think that, that, that Frodo sees it because Frodo goes, oh, I'm only a couple steps. Whereas Sam is going, no, I hope it's 10 and I want to lean into the fact that it's 10 and it's yeah. a different, it's a different thing. Right. So I love what you guys are saying. Just adding further mm -hmm. personal stories. Cause we were driving along and we just like, how far away from this would we be? And it's a, and it's a crazy <laughs> question to ask, right? Yeah. Um, but it's a, I think it's an important one too. Um, I think this question highlights why I really think Sam is the best character mm, in this story. Interesting. What makes what about the question highlights? That? I mean, just the like just the two different perspectives. Like I was saying, you know, he hates Gollum because he's he's ignorant to what's happening, mm. and Nick is saying he hates Gollum because he's the exact opposite of ignorant. He sees what's happening. And he yeah. doesn't want that to happen to Frodo. Right. And I think both of those things are true. Yeah. And just to have a, a character with a perspective like that and to show his picture of loyalty yeah. and determination and the whole, I can't carry this burden for you, but I can carry you and right. just all those moments and stuff. I feel right. like he's, I think he's the best character. He in the can movie. cook. Yeah. I he think can cook. 
and the fact that the story <laughs> is his to tell in the end, right? Like yeah. Frodo passes it on to him. It's like, it's yours now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like everything that he's seen, the perspective that he has now going forward right. is insane. Well, the cool thing, the cool thing about Sam is that through that process, so one of the things that you that I've heard before about what leads people, especially to addiction, is isolation. And what Sam is saying is, I'm not letting that happen. So I can yeah. see the the seeds of isolation building in you, Frodo, mm -hmm. but I am not willing to give up on you. Yeah. Whereas you see Gollum, and Gollum is completely retreated from society. Like he doesn't even want anything to do with it to the point where he's like, Actually, the only good animal is a raw animal. <laughs> like, you're like, dude, <laughs> please cook something. You know? like, yeah. like, it's disgusting, dude. But anyways, uh, yeah, it's really good, really good stuff there. Um, Natalie, I'll start with you with this one. Uh, part of what makes the characters so compelling is we talk about Frodo and Sam, but there's a lot of other relationships too. Um, but these compelling characters all have really fascinating relationships with other characters. So which of the relationships is your favorite and why? I don't think there's such a better ro uh, bromance, I should say, than Legolas and Gimli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but they're just such a fantastic example of um, putting prejudice aside. They mm. both like tease each other a lot over their race, yeah. <laughs> where, like dwarves versus elves. Uh, but they develop this really fun friendship over their challenges mm. in battle and I, they're they're very wise to know that like the battle is obviously not something to play with, but they're able to in a way that gives them the like determination to see each other at the end yeah. of the battle. So you can be like, well, what was your score? Yeah. I got this many. <laughs> right. And um, I just love the arc of their relationship um, at the very end in front of the black gate where like, I never thought I'd be at here at the end with an elf and like Alyssa says, well, how about with a friend? Uh, yeah, and yeah. that's just always like the, oh, <laughs> just like that warm and fuzzy moment. But uh, Absolutely. I just, I, I adore those two. They, uh, they just are so much fun to watch, and uh, I just love their relationship. Yeah, that's a really good one. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, my, I, mine was the same. Oh, was like, it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, two, uh, two racist people who learned not to be racist. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but yeah, I, I love their the back and forth that are in the film, because there's like a little of that in, in the books, but it's not as like, modernized and humorous mm -hmm. i think as like in the in the films and i don't remember if it was in the um extended edition or the theatrical release where i think it's after it's after the battle of helm's deep and they're uh comparing like their numbers mm -hmm. like final count 32 and uh gimli is sitting on like the body of a a dead orc <laughs> and he like his count is uh, I think 33 and uh, Legolas shoots <laughs> an arrow into it. And like, he goes there, 33. And Gimli's like, he was already dead <laughs> before he did that. It's like he was twitching. And then it's because like his ax is like in the middle of his head. And so he wiggles the ax and it makes the limbs move. I love that. I love that scene so much. That's funny. That's really funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I enjoy their their back and forth, and also the the other one where uh, Legolas takes down uh, one of the sadly takes down an elephant, right, and slides off the trunk and lands in front of Gimli, and Gimli says that counts as one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that exact scene is what I pictured, yeah. and who I wish I was like going back to the question of yeah. which character do you oh, wish you yeah, were? Just yeah, yeah. that whole way Legolas yeah. does yeah. that whole move and how he lands. Uh -huh. Like I just want to be that cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah that's yeah same 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 mm -hmm. relationship so daryl did you have the same one you got a different one <laughs> no i'm gonna go with um one of my favorites is actually gandalf and pippin mm. oh, which seems like good. sort of a sideline yeah. but there's a journey there about. yeah you know there's in in fellowship when pippin knocks the skeleton into the well and makes yeah. a whole bunch of noise uh -huh. fool of a again took. the fool of a took throw yourself in and isn't save it mary isn't it mary though for the context isn't it mary not pippin. no it's pippin Gandalf. uh because Pippin is the Peregrine took. Yeah, it's Pippin. Pippin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then later in Return of the King at Minas Tirith, yeah. Pippin is like Gandalf's right hand man. He's like mm -hmm. entrusting him with all of these crucial things that he needs to do. Yeah, yeah. And he has absolute faith in him. Yeah. So to see them kind of grow to grow that point together is cool. And then I also kind of think like Eowyn and anybody that Eowyn comes into contact yeah. with. <laughs> yeah. like her relationship with mary is super cool yeah. helping him find his courage they her relationship together yeah. yeah and her relationship with theoden is really cool mm -hmm. and with aragorn how you know like she she kind of wants aragorn but he can't do that you know mm -hmm. he's committed to, to arwen and just to kind of see that tension play itself out in a way that does not go someplace creepy or damaging to everybody, mm -hmm. you know, just to see that handled with grace and see it play yeah. out well is Absolutely. really cool. I agree. I think she so. backs off too when she learns he's 87. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that uh, the Frodo Sam is fantastic. I think, but uh, there's a couple that, that I think are really interesting that are a little bit more subtle. The relationship that Gandalf has with Bilbo. I yeah. think is awesome. Um, and it's weird to see Gandalf as the, the person who um, is almost staying younger in a way. I mean, I know Gandalf looks really old, but like Bilbo's getting older than him and passing him in age. And he's mm -hmm. sort of, he sort of has to look at him with sympathy as opposed to with like, like, Oh, Hey, let's go get him. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, no, no, you need to get on the boat, you know, yeah. like, stay with Elrond for, for a little while. Yeah. Um, I think that that's a cool relationship. Uh, what was the, the, um, oh, I was going to say actually Mary and Pippin, um, mm -hmm. Mary and Pippin have a really interesting relationship because as they're getting, as they are growing more aware of how harsh the world is and how terrifying the world yeah. is, they are also needing to, uh, they're also have, f finding interpersonal conflict. Because you you know like everyone's looking at Pippin being like what are you doing you idiots you know yeah. even Mary turns to him at one point in time and says you know like what's going on man like you're you're gonna ruin this for everybody you know mm -hmm. and and yet they're still friends at the end and yet they're still connected at the end there's still like a deep connectedness that they share um, and their their connectedness is not of the intimacy that Frodo and Sam have. But it's there. It's just that they, they're not acknowledging it. So they act more like your traditional yeah. dude would act. Like, we're really close and intimate, but, like, let's smoke some weed and drink some <laughs> beer. You know? like, like that, and I think that that's us. But, but I like the fact that they they still have to go to those places to get mad at each other, to, to forgive one another and do that kind of stuff. I think that's pretty They're cool. like two little ductions. You never, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you never just have one duction. There's two of them. That's true. There's always two ductions. Yeah. Um, all right. So last question, the last question of the day, and then we'll jump into some interaction with some of our listeners and some of the other um, comments that I got online. 
But the last question is, most of these characters band together and create larger groups or tribes of some sizes. The elves have three tribes. The men band together into nine tribes. There are different orc groups. The Fellowship is a little diverse little tribe, right? The Fellowship of the Ring. Um, of all the tribes, no matter how big or small, just I'm talking about groups of people that tie, are tied together, which one is your favorite and why, Nick? Um, I... My favorite would be the fellowship just because it's made up of a bunch of people from totally diverse backgrounds mm. that, um, you know, may have like some hostilities toward one another that end up becoming like just a family, a real family. Mm. Like in the end, you know, they, they, they bleed, they cry and sweat together. I don't mm. know, blood, sweat, tears. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't get that order right but um and you know it, sometimes that's like can make you a lot closer than you are with like you know actual blood family members yeah yeah is like you know traumatic a right. traumatic experience or it, like just this journey that they're kind of any one of them could be like okay i'm done yeah <laughs> later <laughs> but they all like kind of stick with it and you know in the end you know, so that when you you know see the end of the Return of the King, some of those relationships are like those are never going to be broken. Like they're yeah, like yeah, so close now, right? Um, yeah. So I would go with the the Fellowship. Okay, the Fellowship. So mm -hmm. what's your problem with women? <laughs> I'm just playing with you. I'm just playing with you. I'm just playing with you. I actually think uh, Arwen is part of, of the, the fellowship, fellowship in a way, but she is like um, like in. In Batman, she's like Oracle. <laughs> you, know, you don't have to humor point. him. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's all jokes. It's all jokes. Yeah. Uh, Daryl, what do you think? What is your favorite group of people? Uh, my favorite's definitely the Fellowship. I think um, in the first episode of the series that we did, Andrew Peterson pointed out that yeah, the Fellowship breaks apart. Yeah. In the first film, but yeah. really, they never break apart. Yeah, right? mm -hmm. that's the interesting and, thing about that. Yeah, mm -hmm. story. And every single one of them has a positive impact on the way things turn out. Even Boromir, having died in the first film, yeah. has a huge impact on how things end up. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think, like you know, like you said, different tribes, all the diversity coming together, and just how they hold fast to each other, even though they're on different ends of the earth. Yes. I think is really cool. Um, runner up? Yeah. I'd probably go with Rohan. Ah, the uh, because of Rohan? I feel like Rohan was sort of the Force Lords. Yeah, I mean, they were disillusioned by what Wormtongue did to Theoden, but I feel like there was a sense that they were sort of the ones trying to carry forth the goodness of men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a good biker gang, <laughs> right? <laughs> the biker gang of Middle Earth. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. It's like they're out there wreaking havoc, but they still do toys yeah. for tots. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's, funny. that's funny so what do you think natalie what's your group oh geez um we got two I, votes for fellowship already. i know and i'm leaning i love nick how you just worded like they're from a different they're the chosen family dynamic yeah. and um i relate to that a lot mm. so and what was discussed in like the previous uh episode was also despite them disbanding they still mm. cared enough for one yeah. another to like go towards their goal of destroying the ring in their own individual ways, even when 
their journeys kind of straight them far apart. Um, and I also love Rohan. <laughs> uh, I think they're amazing. They have the best theme in the whole out of the whole yeah. soundtrack too. I just love that melody and um, just it, they gave uh, Ao in the platform also too have that super badass moment yeah <laughs> and i am good. no man um yeah for a culture to have been able to cultivate her to yeah. like live up to that so that she can carry forth her kingdom her tribe um in her own way is amazing uh but if i had a favorite out of all of these yeah it's the fellowship it's chosen family is so very important and i love them oh wow that's awesome <laughs> i don't know if i'm gonna make it out of this room alive because i have uh I have the craziest one of all. My favorite group the in this. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> not that, maybe not that crazy, but is the is the goblins. Uh, it is I'll not for up. any good reasons. It is only because I think they're super cool. And it's uh -oh. the Nazgul. I think <laughs> the Nazgul are the amazing. The goth gang. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the biker fact gang that and the goths. Yes. Well, the fact that there's these there's these uh there's these dead human kings that are beholden to sauron yeah and that they are so like the darkness has overcome them mm -hmm. and that we see them in two forms we see them mm -hmm. in the shadowy form where they're on top of the the horses mm -hmm. and then we also see them as the forms of like the ghostly kings that 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 when when uh frodo's wearing the ring that they can see them mm -hmm. um just the production design of all that yeah. i just think is amazing and so I, i'm giving them i'm giving them a thumbs up still no women on that team by the way but i'm Come not on. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, one woman. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there are and other women. The ones but... where the, the one the female characters that are in it both have names that can be easily mistaken Confused for the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which one do you choose, Aragorn? Yeah. No, no, no. Really, which one are you choosing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, anyways, so we're now we're gonna get into the section of our show where we hear from you guys. So if you're in the in the chat right now, go ahead and ask us questions. Give give comments. I will ask the the everybody listening right now. I'll ask you who is your favorite Lord of the Rings character. Let us know. I did ask this question to uh, Marianne. Um, well, I asked it to a lot of people, but Marianne, who's on our board, and Marianne actually sent me an answer that I'm going to uh, read to you guys. She said. Uh, I think I've always identified with Sam being the helper of the one on mission, but secretly I've always wanted to be Frodo, the one entrusted with the big mission. Mm -hmm. Seeing the films is so special though, because you learn that Frodo can't do his duty if not for Sam's faithfulness. So I'll continue to be faithful in the little things with, which might actually end up being big ones. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's a pretty cool. That's a pretty cool comment. Yeah. So if you guys have any questions for us, um, go ahead and throw them into the chat and we will answer them. If you have an answer to that question, who is your favorite character out of the Lord of the Rings or favorite group too, if you want to, we had three for the fellowship and we only had one for the Nazgul. So if you want to throw in another <laughs> Nazgul, uh, <laughs> uh, support your podcast hosts. Um, I'll ask as we wait, as we wait for people to comment and I don't know if anybody will be able to comment. Some people might be driving and stuff too, but Daryl, who do you think your favorite character is? Sam. Oh, Sam is your favorite character. Yeah. Easy. That, was, that wasn't even a delay. You didn't even think about it. Yeah, no, it's definitely Sam. Because I thought you were going to ask that as one of the podcast oh. questions, and then you didn't. So like, yeah. that was the one that I had prepared for. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it's definitely Sam. But I would say followed somewhat closely by probably Faramir and Pippin. Nice. Okay. I dig that. Natalie, yeah. who's your favorite? Eowyn, yeah. Um, not too many women in this story, yeah. <laughs> really, so I got to find the one. No, she's she's amazing, and uh, again, I just love her strength when nobody would think of her as strong. And again, just 
that wonderful moment. That's just such an like, iconic female empowerment moment in mm. fantasy storytelling. Mm. It's just it's just so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Is that moment in the book? Does she say? I mean, I'm, she, I'm sure she probably kills the witch king, but I does she say? I, I don't remember. No I remember her killing the witch, the witch king. Um, I don't remember if she says that specifically. Because that's one of those moments that I watch and I totally analyze it. I'm like, how literal are they being here? <laughs> like, was she able to kill him because she's a woman? Like, is it that I think that's, literal? I think or? that's the rationale. Yeah. yeah. I am no man. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Nick? <sighs> that's, that's hard. Um, I definitely, I actually thought of another group that I like. Oh, and really? It's, yeah. It's uh, Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli. Uh, the three of them. Just yeah. Hard traveling heroes. Like, just <laughs> endlessly like, uh, sprinting across yeah, Middle Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want that stamina. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're like ultra marathoners yeah. plus MMA fighters all wrapped up into one. It's yeah. That whole kind of ridiculous. That whole montage sequence of them running like makes me go like if they did catch up to them, like they're gonna fight. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aren't you it's gonna like, need a nap? Yeah. yeah. Um, but oh man. Um, in terms of favorite character, though, um, yeah, I think I would I would default to Sam. Just mm. like I, mm. what sticks out in my mind about him too is just the uh, the the speech he gives to Frodo when they're on the this they keep falling down the mountain mm-hmm. on Mount Doom, and he, you know, he's hold, like holding Frodo like a baby, you know, and he's <laughs> like, you know, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that so much. I love how they shot that. They like they didn't want to lose the drama of the moment, and like they um, they shot with two cameras, the the coverage over the shoulders, and like j- framed it in such a way that like the cameras would just be barely out of frame of the other because they didn't want to miss anything mm. in that so moment cool. between either character. Mm. And I think like you know the attention to detail. And like wanting to, you know, do the story justice, like yeah. for these characters, like all these actors did the work, you know, to like bring these characters alive so well. Like it's the reason why they still resonate. And we're still talking about them mm-hmm. today. And just I just want to give like huge props to Sean Astin for probably making like like the definitive version of Samwise Sam. Gamgee. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like you know, you can make all the jokers you want. <laughs> After There's Heath Ledger, but like Samwise, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to top that. You gotta just either, you just gotta cast him again. <laughs> yeah, sorry, bring him back. Yeah, yeah, he's not just Bob from Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, he's also Sam. Man, even well, even in when he was Bob in Stranger Things, he was like Sam. Kind of Sam. He's still Sam. Yeah. He's still modern Sam. day Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's older, cheesier Sam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I uh, oh man, I think my favorite character is probably Gandalf. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we didn't even talk about, we, we didn't talk about, I mean, Gandalf has a character arc that's really fascinating too. This is a character who is entrusted with protecting the fellowship and yet has to sacrifice himself in order to get them to the next stage. Mm-hmm. And he has to sacrifice himself by literally fighting against one of the most demonic characters mm-hmm. in the entire series, falling down into the pit of, of lava, into the pit of the abyss, basically mm-hmm. for... For all for for days until he was able to come back, and when he comes back, he's renewed as another character. Um, 
I do think it's a little cheesy that they try to trick you with Christopher Lee's voice when he shows up, when he, he shows up and says <laughs> yeah. he's the white wizard and they're all like freaked it's, out. Like, oh no. Especially since you can kind of see his facial features. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, wait a minute. That's just Gandalf in yeah. a white robe. <laughs> yeah. Why is he doing a Christopher Lee impersonation? This is ridiculous. Um, yeah. So I, I really like Gandalf. I, I think Gandalf's really cool. And I think that Ian McKellen. I, I, that guy can play so many different roles. It's so uh, ridiculous. And if you ever see him in an interview, you're like, he's not Magneto. <laughs> like, right. like, no. yeah, that is not him, man. Yeah. Like, he's so good at becoming Gandalf yeah. or Magneto or whatever role he's he's taking on. And they're they're so unlike him. I mean, it's a, the epitome of acting. Like, he's so, uh, he's so good at that. But yeah. Um, yeah, he's probably my favorite. I have no questions for people in the chat. So last chance. To, um, to ask a question. Any other questions that you guys have before we close the show out? Did anybody else laugh like when that sequence in Return of the King when Frodo wakes up and he sees all his friends? Oh, again? yeah. I and think it's funny. Do you mean laugh like, with so them or like, laugh at them? No, no, no. no. Like, it's a little of both. He's like, Mary, yeah. Pippin, and, yeah. and you. Aragorn. And then Legolas comes in and he's like, hey. elf? Yeah. <laughs> there was an elf? Yeah. Like, yeah. And then he's like, hey, Gandalf, and everybody else. They're all yeah. jumping on the bed. Yeah. yeah. I just, yeah. I loved, I, I love how he just like, I, I just wonder what, like, what was the idea there? Like when Legolas comes in, just go like, forget that guy. <laughs> that seems yeah, hard yeah, yeah. for me because. Yeah. They would be that happy to see each other, right? Because they've yeah. been through so much. It's hard to, you know, to do a moment like that when you're filming in in slow mo. Because it's like, yeah, like no matter what, it's just everything. It's is like just... running down the beach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Has that, that soft and filter too? Yeah, <laughs> soft and filter too. You're in sure. Rivendell, yes. like the most fantasy looking place in all of. If they did have David Hasselhoff running the Brent Bias <laughs> slow motion in the background, that would have been. I would give him extra credit for that. Um, I think actually the, the part of the ending that I think is really fascinating is after they've all finished laughing and, mm -hmm. and carrying on. Um, the part that I think is crazy is when they're going to leave on the boat mm -hmm. and it's like, Frodo, you didn't even give them a heads up, bro. Yeah. Like you didn't even <laughs> tell them like a little bit like, oh, by the way, I'm not coming back. Like I'm going, I'm going to Club Med with yeah. Elrond and I am, I don't see any reason to come back to the Shire, you know, like who gets your house? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, that was, that was I can brutal. see Pippin shouting that at the boat. Yeah. Like yes. as an afterthought. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And your 100%. money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And your weed, bro. Yeah. That's what we really care yeah. about. So, anyways, I always that always was like you didn't tell them like yeah. the guy walked to Mount Doom with you and you're like, by <laughs> yeah. the way, I'm leaving today. And you're like, come on, that's so brutal. Uh, anyways, all right, so we're gonna go ahead and close out the show there. Uh, no new comments in the chat. So that is it for today's show. Special special thanks again to Natalie Guzman, Daryl Smith, and Nick Duke for joining me. Coming next week on the Story Geeks podcast. Universal Monsters. Nick is hosting as yes. we dig deeper into the classic Universal Monsters in honor of the Invisible Man, which is now in theaters. Actually, let me plug the uh, Story Geeks Facebook group because there's a really funny meme about the Invisible Man <laughs> that is yeah. in there. So go over to the go over to Facebook, search for the Story Geeks, uh, ask to join the group. We'll let you in the group and uh, and check that out. Um, also, don't miss any of our upcoming shows. Um, that show or any of our upcoming shows, subscribe today on your preferred podcast provider. 
Remember, you can join the Story Geeks Club for free. That is our Facebook group that I just mentioned. The link to that club will be in the show notes. And if you join as a VIP member, we'll prioritize your questions and comments here on the live show. Plus, higher tier members get to join us as a guest four times a year. So learn more at thestorygeeks.com. Thanks for listening. And as always, question everything in your favorite geek stories. And always seek the truth. I just sprung that on him too. So he's like, he's a pro. He's a pro. Uh, special thanks to all the members of the Story Geeks Club. Here are some of the supporters who support us at $5 a month or more. Adam Vargas, Bob Sherfield, who, by the way, just upgraded to Cosmic Heroes. So thank you, Bob, for that. Um, Justin Weaver, Mary Baldwin, Wade Johnson, Jim Baldwin, Monty Thigpen, Nick Prokop, and brand new member, Kimberly Lujeau. She came in as a Cosmic Hero as well. Thank you, Kimberly. And finally, Connie Mo. And by the way, we had three, not only one person joined, we had two people uh, upgrade. So oh, both nice. Justin, Sweet. well, actually, no, three people upgraded. Monty, Justin, and Bob all upgraded. So special cool. thanks to you guys. That's super yeah. cool of you. And welcome new people. Yeah, and welcome all the new people as well. Uh, we appreciate all the members of the Story Geeks Club, even those we haven't mentioned by name. If you would like to support the show by joining the Story Geeks Club and signing up to be one of our VIP tier members, please head over to thestorygeeks.com.